You're listening to the DBNN Good Business Podcast from the Digital Business News Network. Our mission is to uncover the heart and soul of good business by telling their stories, highlighting and sharing good practices, ethical approaches, and innovation across the business, social enterprise, and community company world. I'm guest host Drew Hendry, and in this episode, we're looking at the subject of good business through community ownership. And we're doing that with Glenn Wivis, a Highland distillery funded in a very unconventional way, and hearing about the unique challenges they faced. Okay, we have to do the AGM online, so let's just start a Zoom meeting. But we have 3,500 members, (laughs) and oftentimes they all want to have a little bit of a say. So there was no model for that. I'm delighted to be joined by Matthew Farmer. Thank you for joining us. We want to hear about how Glenn Wivis was created through community ownership and your own journey to running it. What can you tell us about that? Hi, so it's all kind of intertwined, um, Glenn Wivis and myself ending up at Glenn Wivis. Um, The distillery itself was started in 2015 um, and was built basically from a grass field up mm-hmm. and I'm not always the best person to talk about that because the staff here has been there from the beginning. I only started work here last year um, but I've been following Glenn Wivis from the very start. Um, I actually grew up in the area. Um, my mum's from Tain, mm-hmm. uh, my dad's from Lewis, I grew up on the west coast but when I was about 14 we all ended up moving out to America for my dad's job. Um, I lived in the US in Seattle for about 20 years. Mm-hmm fell into craft brewing, craft distilling, sort of like learned a little bit in the bourbon industry over there. But I'd always kept ties to home. So when Glenn Wivis as a community benefit society started, um, it was all crowdfunded. And it was a very easy decision for me to throw a little bit of money into that pool and become an investor and get my t-shirt and all of that. I was walking around in Seattle with my Iona Scotch (laughs) distillery t-shirt and all that kind of stuff. And for me, it was just sort of like, that's really cool that I'm working in distilling, but I also like have a little part of a distillery in Scotland. Um, But it meant, yeah, you always get the newsletters. And at the time, um, I got a newsletter saying that Duncan, our previous distillery manager, was... Um, moving on and they were looking for someone to take over and I just kind of looked at my wife who was pregnant at the time and was just like well should we life change yeah (laughs) should we do this is this smart um and she said yes uh not knowing I think that it would progress quite as fast and quite as uh, real as it did and within about six months yeah me and my wife were on a plane in the middle of a pandemic moving to Scotland to work at this distillery that I had owned a tiny little part of for the last three years. You talk about owning a tiny part of it. Of course, that's really, it's a really interesting uh, funding model that's been put in place for Glenn Wivis, isn't it? Yeah, it was entirely crowdfunded. And I think when people hear that, they're like, oh, like a portion of it was crowdfunded or something. No, it was entirely crowdfunded. Um, Some people put in more money than others, of course, but the way the Community Benefit Trust works is that everybody has an equal vote, one member, one vote. Um, And that has meant that it's not really lip service. Like we are very reliant on our membership for funding and we would never have been able to get to where we are today um, without every single person, all the way from the £10,000 investors all the way down to the £250. Well, of course, those are the people who've invested the uh, money to get started up. But of course, the other people investing their time, the people who work here, 
um, the team that you've got. How important is it that they're invested in the uh, the vision, the goals of the distillery? Uh, it ends up being very important um, because when you work at a company like this, it's not entirely driven by profit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not necessarily going to be raking in a huge salary working at a job like this. It is You have to be able to have a certain amount of passion for what you're doing in order for it to pay off for the other people who are supporting you in it, if that makes sense. Indeed, Um, yeah. So tell us something about, um, something interesting that people might not know about Glenwivis Distillery. I think from the outside, a lot of people don't realize how small we actually are. (laughs) Um, If you ever come up on the hill, it is me, Josh Fraser, our office manager, Craig McRitchie, our distillery operator, and Kay Graham, who is a part-time bookkeeper, and that is it. Um, three full-time employees, one part-time. We are obviously supported by a full raft of volunteer directors and people throw in their hands whenever they, whenever we can. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very small company and we do everything from green to glass, every single aspect of it. And what are the biggest challenges of your business right now? Uh, the biggest challenge is probably funding. Um, when you are a community benefit society, banks won't really touch you um, because of that. So we have to go through some fairly unconventional means of raising money. And of course, whiskey just in general is a fairly bad business model for the first 10 years. Yeah. You're filling all these casks, but then you're not selling them. They're just sitting there and accumulating and accumulating and accumulating and getting more and more expensive. So even in the best of times, the whiskey industry is quite an expensive one to start. Never mind if you are trying to do it from this pool of funding that you're raising from the community. Well, you, you've said about uh, entering this business and the business being really very, very new. How do you, do you continue to learn and stay on top in, a, in this business and particularly in your own circumstances <laughs> as a distiller? It's been quite a journey for sure. Um, distilling itself, I will say just from the distilling side of things, mm-hmm. the industry is very small. It is fairly insular, but is very, very friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, people are always looking to help out, especially in the highlands where we have a lot of distilleries not too far away from each other. There is a certain camaraderie in there. There's a lot that you can learn just from asking, really. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask questions. On the community side of it, it's a little bit more difficult because there has never been a community-owned distillery. So we have to look to largely charities and other community-owned like uh, trusts and mm-hmm. uh, um, things like that in order to see how they manage their membership. But we're also probably one of the largest community benefit society in the UK with over 3,500 members. Like we are dealing with numbers that are a lot bigger than a lot of these small societies deal with. So when it comes to things like AGMs and voting, like we are making, well, we're not making it up as we go along, but we are definitely learning as we have to. So it's a constant challenge to to kind of keep on top of Yes, that process. there's always something new. Okay, the, the, the pandemic obviously has been something we've all had to live through mm-hmm. uh, in the past couple of years. And that's had an effect on lots and lots of different types of businesses. Has working through the pandemic changed the, the way you uh, do things or changed the way your, your thinking is on engaging with customers, on engaging with customers? Yeah, definitely. Um, Obviously, everybody has had to change, and I think a lot of the obvious one is like moving more online and things like that. But 
as a community benefit society, like we have always communicated with our members relatively locally. Um, we held local AGMs at the community centre. We would invite people up, and it was a much more physical style of community. Um, but we also have investors who are in other countries, in other time zones. Um, they're not always able to make it out to Dingwall for these meetings. So the biggest things that we've done have been moving a lot of that membership sort of like interaction onto our website, online, hosting virtual AGMs, that kind of thing. And it has really opened our eyes to how many people outside of Dingwall want to be involved, but can't necessarily be involved in the physical part of it, but want to be involved any way they can. Talking about reaching those people, um, marketing is obviously very important to businesses. Mm. How do you uh, decide how best to market your business? Oh. It's a tough one because we are obviously up against a lot of distilleries with much larger marketing budgets than we are. Um, and a lot of it for us has been thankfully based on the inbuilt community that we already have from our membership. Um, the people who do own a little bit of Glen Wivis feel that they are the brand ambassador for that. Mm -hmm. And being able to leverage that, having people go out and ask for Glen Wivis gin or Goodwill gin at a bar or restaurant because they know us, that has been the biggest part for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about kind of the pandemic and changes to the way we work, have you had an example of when you've had to change the way you work to cope with that? Yeah, the biggest one probably was our annual general meeting. Yeah. Um, that was a huge operation that we had to deal with. Uh, you think, okay, we have to do the AGM online, so let's just start a Zoom meeting. But we have 3,500 members <laughs> and oftentimes they all want to have the, a little bit of a say. So there was no model for that. Yeah. Nobody hosts a 3,500 person community benefits annual general meeting. Yeah. So we had to bring that all together ourselves. And yeah. it was actually looking back on it, it was really fun. Yeah. But at the time it was like, I don't know how we ever came to that and, to begin and, with. And has that given you a new thinking about how you might do things in the future? Yeah, definitely. I would almost want to continue doing that in the future because you can yeah. throw up, uh, you can do your voting, you can get everybody involved, um, you can do sort of like asynchronous mm -hmm. communication. So if somebody is in a completely different time zone, they can potentially submit a question ahead of time and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it was actually really fun. Well, you, you um, earlier on you were talking about your team, and uniquely it's a small team, so you were able to kind of list the names without getting boring about the employees <laughs> that you've got in there. But even in a small team, you've got to think about development. I know investing in your team is important, but what do you do in terms of promoting skills development? And do you have an example of where you think that's been successful for you? Yeah, for us, a lot of, because you have a, such a small team, like everybody has to wear a lot of different hats. Um, just naturally, but everybody has their own passion and their own focus on what they either feel that they're particularly good at or something they want to follow. And a lot of making the team grow is by identifying what it is that they enjoy doing and making sure that they're allowed to progress that, even within the confines of a fairly small, strict company. Mm -hmm. So for instance, Craig McGritchie, um, our distillery operator, he started as a marketing and fundraiser for Glenn Wivis back in the day, but he identified that it was really the hands-on making the whiskey that he's always been passionate about, and we found a way to be able to move him into that position. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes you have to do a job that you don't want to do. Sometimes it's shoveling wood chips, sometimes <laughs> it's cleaning a old draft, yeah. but making sure that if there is something that you enjoy doing, that you get to follow that through. And, and do you think investing in developing your team is, benefits your customers in the long run? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Because you have such a small team, everybody influences the quality of the end product. Yeah. Um, if your distiller doesn't care about how good the whiskey is, <laughs> you're not going to end up with good whiskey. Of course. You're, you're talking about that interaction with your customers there and, and that being important. How do you go about trying to get to know and understand your customers? So for us, they actually reach out quite a bit to us. Um, we get a lot of email communication from them. Um, surveys have been... Is this friendly, critical stuff, is it? <laughs> ah, was... Some people just want to know when their whiskey is coming, for sure. It's like we could maybe just like uh, put that up on the website, I think. Um, but yeah, we actually know quite a bit about the membership just from their own initial investment. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we focus on. Our customers primarily are our members first, and then it will expand from there. Right. And, but, and do you think that um, that loyalty from your members helps to uh, to generate new sales for you? Does it, uh, do you think that's a, something that's a, you, that loyalty is good, for, just good for business, the fact that people own a bit of it? Yeah, yeah I would really yeah. hope so. It is like having an entire team of brand ambassadors mm -hmm. out there um, for you. We'll, we'll find out more in the next couple of years as we start to progress. Well, well, talking about that buying, what buy-in, one of, one of the most obvious things now I think is changing in the market in terms of people's purchasing is that they're getting, becoming more conscious consumers. Mm. You know? So, for example, think something's greener or whatever, it's more attractive for them to, to buy. Um, it, do you think that um, it, your business is uh, reacting to that conscious consumer in, in new ways now? Definitely. I think Glenn Wivis was founded on some fairly strong green credentials to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a biomass boiler. We bring power from wind turbines, hydroelectric. Um, we had already set up the distillery to be fairly conscious about mm -hmm. that. And it has been something that has drawn not just interest, but also a lot of our volunteer directors and a lot of people who have contributed their time are doing so because they are passionate about the environmental pledge that we're making and not just the business side of things. What, what kind of um, commitment are you making to the future in terms of you, you know, addressing the issues around climate change as a business? So the Scotch whiskey, as a, Scotch whiskey industry as a whole um, has a goal of becoming, oh, it's either carbon neutral or carbon <laughs> zero um, by 2030. Yeah. Um, and for big distilleries, that could be quite a challenge. For small distilleries like us, the biggest challenge is actually just making sure that we don't outstep that boundary. Um, the biggest challenge is probably when you look at packaging and shipping and actually the logistics of selling the whiskey more than actually making it. When you've got glass bottles and cardboard tubes getting shipped out individually, um, that adds up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's a challenge for you in terms of how you react to that in the future. So is that something that you'll kind of discuss regularly with members of the team and the, the board about how you, you tackle those issues going forward? Yes, mm -hmm. um, it's about who is going to take the risk on maybe like a brand new type of packaging mm -hmm. or a brand new technology that mm -hmm. could capture carbon or maybe treat the water. Um, and there's a lot of government funding out there mm -hmm. for experiments like that. And we really hope to be kind of at the forefront of that. But Glen Wivis is a young distillery, um, founded in 2015. Um, obviously, you know, you you've, haven't had a generation of people working here yet, but young people will want to, uh, no doubt, want to look at this as a career in the future. Um, what advice would you give to a young person looking to do what you do now? 
Um, I would say that you would be shocked at how much of this job you could probably already learn online from very enthusiastic <laughs> German tourists. Um, probably every single distilling secret is laid out on some whiskey blog somewhere. Um, a certain passion for it in the background goes a long way. You could step into an interview and be ready. Yeah. Yeah, what's next for your business? What, what aspect of the business do you think has got the most growth potential for the future? Oh. For us, we are focused very much on the whiskey, mm -hmm. and I really think that there is going to be a market for small craft single malt scotch whiskey beyond what we've already seen. I think you're only seeing the very tip of the iceberg right now. The same way gin exploded, um, I do think that whiskey will have its time. Um, as we start to sort of diverge from just this whiskey is owned by this company and this whiskey is owned by this company. When we have more variety, I think things will start to get really interesting and you'll start to see a lot of more experimental styles and a lot more um, sort of playfulness, I think, when it comes to the whiskey as a spirit, as a drink, as a, as a quality product. Yeah, a lot of people now are, you know, wanting to sample new things and, uh, you know, improved and different flavors and so forth. So I suppose you would look to capitalize on that. Yeah, uh, whiskey has been following, uh, it's obviously a very traditional industry, but people are getting a lot more open to young whiskey, green whiskeys, foreign whiskeys. It doesn't always have to be the, exactly the same thing your grandfather drank. It can be a little bit different these days. Matthew, is there anything else you'd like to share with uh, our listeners about Glen Wivis Distillery? Um, I would just say thank you if you are already a mm -hmm. member. Um, it would have been impossible to get to here without you. Um, if you are interested in following us, um, online is the best way to do it. We don't have a visitor center, so please don't try and drive up the hill here <laughs> and try and get in because you won't be able to get up, unfortunately. Um, and keep an eye out because our whiskey is coming out um, at the end of this year. Okay, and if people wanted to get you online, where, where would that be? Uh, just glenwivis.com. Glenwivis, it's so easy to, yeah. to find you there uh, for that. And and um, if, if you said that you, you don't do any visitors uh, here, there's no visitor centre, so don't make your way up here. I think that's really important for people to understand that it's, yes. you're, not, <laughs> you're not at that place yet, so you don't want people turning up on your door. But it is, other than online, is there any other way that people can contact True. Um. Um, social media is usually fairly good Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of thing um, we are always open to phone calls, emails you can contact us pretty much any way other than knocking on our door okay and you get that <laughs> at glenwivis.com of course, yeah. it, finally Matthew this podcast is about getting to the heart and soul of good business uh, what is the heart and soul of Glenwivis Distillery? I know it sounds a little bit corny but it really is community um, we are the community owned distillery and as I said, they are the heart and soul of everything that we do. We are not driven entirely by profit. Whenever we make a decision for the business, it's how will this benefit the community? Matthew Farmer, thank you very much indeed for joining us on BDNN and talking about uh, your good business. And uh, uh, we wish you all the success for the future. Thank you very much. The Digital Business News Network brings you more good business stories at dbnn.news. Please contact us if you have or know a business that deserves to have its story told. I'm Drew Hendry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>